So you guys know when I do this podcast, I have to turn off the pellet stove. I get up at like eight and turn the pellet stove off because it takes a long time to wind down. Then I bundle up and I wait for you guys. <laughs> Aw. Hey, what's that? These are 3D printed, Bob. Oh my nice. God, are they boxes? They're, they are little boxes. So I'm making um, a little screw organizer. I have a drawer in my bench that's just for screws. And I am custom making a bunch of little bins that will all Tetris fit into the drawer perfectly. And nice. my, my first project on the new 3D printer. And they came out Sweet. great. They got a nice little rounded inside so the screws don't get trapped mm-hmm. in the in the corners there. And oh, yeah. It really took 60 seconds to draw in, in Fusion. So I'm going to make a, a, a video for my second channel of just like start to finish in Fusion and then throw it into the 3D printer. And <clears throat> simple as that. Takes awesome. a long time to print, that's for sure. But doesn't yeah. matter. It's, it's faster Are than Amazon Prime. Are you going to make the, the Tetris L shape so that you could really have like a Tetris thing? I was actually thinking about do, doing that, yeah. So uh, drywall screws are going to be in, in these size boxes, which this is approximately the size that the drywall screws come in. Yep. And then little screws are going to have smaller boxes. And then I thought, I should do some L shape ones just just to be funny <laughs> in a different color. Hmm. Yep. I'm actually working on a small parts bin too. It's uh, jars. So there's a health food store we go to up here in Albany, and they sell these spice jars. Every time I'm there, I always buy a bunch of them. They're only about a dollar a piece. They're about four inches tall, about two inches wide, perfectly round bottles. So that's something I'm going to work on this week is make a small parts tray that carries hmm. these 20, so, 20 or so have, bar, uh, jars. Have hmm. you ever thought about making a drying rack from when you're doing your printing? You know what we started doing? <clears throat> we... Uh, I do sometimes just like temporarily make a thing that stands upright. So I lay them side by side like books mm-hmm. gently. But lately what we've been doing is because now we have a plywood rack. So we always have a bunch of extra sheets of plywood. We put a bunch down. Then we use the blue foam two inch cubes and we just put them on the corners mm-hmm. in the center and then put another sheet of plywood, lay a bunch down. And then so we end up making stacks of plywood that are just two inches apart. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how we did the big print last time. We made about 125 of those. And because they're big, they took up a lot. A lot of space, but that, and then I just leave it sit for two days till till the the ink cures. In this weather, I let it sit for longer. But if it was warm out, a day and a half, two days would be good. And that's it. And then I just break it all down, put the plywood back. So for me, that's good because if I do a long run, we're, we're putting prints on top of everything. They just go all over the whole shop. But for a drying rack, it wouldn't be. I mean, right now the whole shop is my drying rack if I have a long enough run. <laughs> so to make one, it would just be mm-hmm. there. As of now, we just use the plywood when we need it. So that ended mm. up working out good. We we started doing that a few months ago. Gotcha. And if you could make something that was collapsible, you know, that like uh, laid flat or something, so you could hang it on the wall, and when you needed it, you could pull it out and set it up. In my old screen printing shop, we had the great rack, and if I ever found one, I would definitely grab it. It's it's all wire. It's like a big baker's rack, and it's maybe fifty of these metal things. They all tilt up on a spring. So as you fill it from the bottom up, you lay all your prints down, and then fold the next tray, and they they stay huh. apart about a half inch. So it's all just wire mesh. It's actually it was really cool. My my I had it at the school, and there was like twenty of them because a class the kids would print twenty five thirty per poster, and then there's that many kids, so they would fill up really quickly. But maybe mm. one of those will fall off a truck in my direction. Because hmm. <laughs> that would be good because it's on wheels. I can move it around. I could stick it in a different part of the warehouse. All it takes is a hmm. mention on a podcast. That's right. Oh, yeah, we should start a podcast so we can get free stuff. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. Mm. Uh, back to your 3D printed pieces, David. You said it took a long time. That printer, the Ultimaker 3, is the slowest printer that I have. So it it does take a long time. But did you kind of just go with the default settings or did you modify no. the settings? At no, all? I went to uh, the, the faster and uh, uh, less, I guess, so it would be less quality, right? Because it's throwing down right. plastic more and then yeah. um um the the zero infill which is fine because the walls are really really thin um uh, so and it still took like four and a half hours for for each one wow. yeah so i correct me if i'm wrong i could get a different nozzle that spits out mm-hmm. more plastic and then i yep. i know i'm using all the the wrong terms spits out no nozzle. that's well no i mean everybody says spits out you know, okay because that's out, what it's actually. doing it's poops it out yeah <laughs> um 
Yeah, you can definitely get another nozzle. It, in fact, that kit may have even come with, I think mine did, came with a 0.8 oh, nozzle. That's uh, 0.4 is what's on there by default. Yeah, it, get, it came with two 2.4s. Uh, actually, 2.4s well, and then one for the, um, whatever the other one is for the, 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 the support, because it does two. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. You yeah, have so to keep messing with it. Because you can change, like you change the probably layer height. It, when it made it fast, it's your the layers are taller, which means you can see the lines in between the layers more easily. Mm. But you can also change the speed at which the whole thing is moving, and so the settings on there are a little conservative. Ah. That would be another way to make it a little bit faster. Oh uh, yeah, because I really don't care how they look because once they're in the drawer and they're full of screws, you you won't see them. So yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I got my big CNC this week. I Guys, saw it some video. Oh, yeah. Well, they, I, they sent two technicians. They were here literally from the last podcast we did until Friday morning. So they were here Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning we had our final lesson. So they built it in two days, and they trained me, and obviously I helped them build it, but I just kind of stood by and helped them and watched what went into it, and now it's incredible. This, this I was surprised what was in the box and how it all went together so efficiently. And it's got a vacuum hold down, but I can't turn on the vacuum hold down because I don't have the electric yet. So that's my, what it was. I was thinking yeah. there was still an electrical problem. But. Yeah, but that's just for the vacuum hold down. But I could run the computer and we could run the, the actual CNC. So we've been making a lot of test cuts and having fun. Oops. It's, today, as soon as we go, I'm going to start making Apple boxes because in my big shop, I'm, we're always jumping on Apple. I have one Apple box that I found in New York City on the street. Sounds like a joke, but it's true. In a city <laughs> like this, I have this great, I have this great pole. It, it extends almost. 30 feet it's a um it's a sound pole i found it on the street in new york so like these teams come and do like you know on the street stuff and they leave and i'm like the scavenger that comes and picks up the debris so they always you know often they forget to pick up something they lean it on a tree so that's how i got that bu- that amazing sound pole and then that's how i got one apple box so now i'm going to make hmm. another one today as a test so. so i meant to ask you this last week and i'm pretty sure i know the answer but um since you already have a shop bot is the software End of things, exactly the same. Exactly the same, yeah. But it's okay. updated, and uh, I got to get my hands on Vectrix. Tim Sway hooked me up with the guys that uh, that use Vectrix, that, that make Vectrix. And uh, I got to get their version. It's called Aspire. They sent mm-hmm. it to me, but I didn't download it in time because I just wasn't ready. So I got to get back in touch with them. But the guys at ShopBot said if I use Aspire, that'll, it's it's like an updated version. Or, or a, it's it's Vectrix 3D. It's Sorry, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's that it's the software that comes with the ShopBot, but on steroids. You could do some 3D modeling in it. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I've it's heard the about same. that as well. It sounds like that's what I'll be using for the for my machine as well. Yep. Yeah, it's great. It's a great program. There's lots of little intricacies that weren't in the first one. Like for instance, I I you know when you can go to a website, uh, I think it's called. There's there's a bunch of them. If you Google Box Maker, I don't want to blow just one up there's a whole bunch and you can go and you can type the length width size of the box you want to either laser cut or cnc and it will give you the the pdf that you could then turn into you can then turn them into vectors to then cut on those vectors and so i downloaded the thing and the plywood was 0.75 that's what i typed in and so that's what it gave me but then when i went to the plywood i'm actually going to use it's actually 0.7 so then hmm. instead of going in and adjusting every single vector, I went in and expanded it, you know, 15 thousandths or 10 thousandths, and then it took up that negative space in each direction on each one of those finger joints. So I have six sides, and all six sides have finger joints on them that all plug together, but by expanding them that, you know, few thousandths of an inch, I was able to make up the difference of the inaccuracy. I could have also come all the way home and just re-output it, but... <laughs> I only have internet at my house three miles away from my shop. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah you were just working with the file on the actual machine. Oh, yeah, running. locally to the machine. So, gotcha. Yeah, okay. so simple stuff like that, which probably has always been there, but these guys having, having a full-on proper lesson from experienced technicians, because we, ha- we had to do that same thing in one of the tests we ran. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. I'm look, really looking forward to doing some limited runs of push sticks and some other fun stuff I have in mind. Cool. I'm planning on doing push sticks on mine as well. And I got I got my first job. I'm going to cut on it probably today. I got to do oh, really? a sign. Uh, I'm going to do two big signs for Seagram Seven. So exciting. If you have the tools, the jobs will come. 
Yeah, that's right. I got that email the day they were setting it up. I'm like, guys, I got my first CNC job for this thing. Nice. Awesome. Exciting. Yeah, so it's very exciting and it's very cold. I wish it was warm out. Almost. Make things better. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Another month or so. I also booked my hotel for for Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Bob, I know yeah. I know Bob you're in still. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. I haven't I mean I have my room for the Birmingham part, but I haven't figured out where I'm staying. I think we're going to stay in London probably the week before. Oh, right. Um, and so I got to find like an Airbnb or something for It seems like I'm going to I we looked at flights last night and I could fly direct to Birmingham, so I'm just going to leave New York and go direct to Birmingham, hang out for the weekend and probably hit it. Although I did get a flight that I, I I'm going to get a flight that I can change in case, you know, I get inspired to go to some other country for fun. But Taylor, it looks like Taylor's going to stay here because of the animals. We just, we don't trust any animal sitters these days. Hmm. Yeah. We're leaving our four little animals, kids with grandparents, so we can trust them. So we're... Oh, that's good. Jenny's going, we're going to get away, which will be nice. But we just got to find some stuff to do. You know, I know there's tons to do. I've been to England before. She never has. Um, And so I think we're probably just going to like kind of set up shop in London for a few days and just you know, take a train out to do something, yeah. come back to there. Um, Cause I know I want to go to see Alec at his shop and there's a place, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but there's a place where my family's from called Claygate. Oh yeah. You did mention it. That's where yeah. your origin, your name origin yeah. is from. Yeah. So it's South of London, maybe 45 minutes or so. And so we may take a train down there. Check that wow. out. You should yeah. tell them you're coming. Maybe they'll have a ticket tape parade for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Bob town Claygate. now. <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh. Walk in like I own the place. But yeah, David, what have you been working on? Uh, I finally put out the bench part two video, and the funny thing is, I made that video over the course of like three to four weeks. I, if you remember, I kept saying I'm going to put this video out this week, and then would never get around to it because it was a bunch of like little clips that I had to put together, and uh, so I finally put it together. And because it was filmed over a period of weeks, the flow was kind of weird, and I kept repeating myself. And the the sponsor of the video was Rockler. I probably said Rockler like a hundred times in the video, and boom, people were calling me out on that in the in the comments of like, I'm turning this into a drinking <laughs> game, and um, nice. so uh, that's my excuse for Rockler did not make me say their name a hundred times. It was just. I filmed each each little clip at a different date, and I was just like, I got this from Rockler, and yeah. Uh, so, Funny. but uh, I've decided, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to experiment with a, a few things, and that's going to be the last shop project-ish on my main channel. The main channel is just going to be projects now, and I'm going to utilize the, uh, the making it, or make something to youtube channel and the little shop projects are going to go over there the little tips are going to go over there and the main channel is just going to be awesome stuff at least that's Hmm. that i want to transition into that because the thought process behind that is i always have my my latest video is the is the main video when you go to my page and i don't want there to be a how to make a miter saw bench as the main video, when if somebody goes there for the very first time, I don't want them to think that that's what this channel is about. I want people to understand that it's about creativity and designing and and, and project stuff. So, I'm gonna experiment and try to use both channels a little bit more. Can I play devil's advocate? Sure. With you? Sure. Um, so that you don't lose viewership, I'm assuming that your second channel has lower viewership than your way, main channel. Way lower, yeah. Because mine mine does. Um, so that you don't lose views on those videos, could you not just, when you do the shop projects, replace the featured video with something else for that week until you put out another project video? I, 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 def- I definitely could. I also, um, as we might get a little bit more, I guess the right word would be artsy with the videos for the main channel, um, I might put a lot more videos over on the second channel just like quick little tips oh. or maybe a detailed version of why we did this thing to this particular project and so yeah. the thought is to to try to put out videos on, on both channels more and and to separate them huh interesting that's the thought well, cool. I, I yeah i really dislike mentioning things like this 
in the, to the public because people are going to hold me to that. And they should. And I, I, I should stop lying. No, they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, just, that, you just got to say, this is something I'm thinking about. Not sure if I'm going to do it or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you ever watch Wheezy Waiter? And he says, every Wednesday, he says, hey, it's Explosion Wednesday. Maybe. I might make it a thing. And it's been like oh, yeah. every Wednesday for yes. the last seven years or something crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thought. That's cool. I'd be interested to see uh, how it works out. Yeah, I've already and got if, a video you know, uh, uploaded to the second channel. It's how um, from when I made my my miter bench. I didn't make the drawers because I ran out of time and, and budget. And I I think I did the the cost analysis per drawer, and it was like twenty some dollars once you include the the hardware and you and the plywood wow. and um, and, uh, and and everything. And there it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven nine drawers in there so that adds up pretty quick so i didn't make the drawers when i made the miter station and i started making the drawers and i filmed one of them and it's kind of a detail like this is how i make shop furniture drawers it's quick and dirty there's no fancy joinery and i just need to go make that one live and that'll be the first Hmm. shop tip on that on that second channel somebody asked me about that recently uh it may have been josh i don't remember but like if i set a, a budget for projects do you do you set budgets for no. projects or you just kind of keep track of it as you go yeah somebody else uh just said hey you should talk about uh how you set budgets for a project on the podcast and i don't it's kind of all over the place so uh a miter station build is a really expensive build because there's a lot of at least for me i chose to go the plywood route and plywood is expensive and then when, when you add the drawers and you and all, each pair of drawer slides is five bucks and then there's the, the pole handle and, and 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 it all adds up and i didn't necessarily have to have the drawers right then and there and so i thought oh i'll wait on that but there are certain projects like if it's for the house and i'm building a table or something that i'm going to get use of i'll dig deeper into the budget because it's something that I really want at this particular time and I'm going to get some good use out of it. But it all really has to depend on how much money I'm going to make from the video, which means sponsored or not sponsored, and how much money is in my account. And then that fluctuates all the time. Yeah. Projects are expensive. That's all there is to it. Yeah, they are. the The way I typically budget stuff is... I just try and make as much profit as I possibly can. So when I'm getting paid by a sponsor, I want to do a quality thing too. So for instance, I have I have a DeWalt video coming up where I'm going to build out a workshop for Taylor. It's going to be kind of expensive. The cost of the video or the, what I'm getting paid for the video kind of offsets that a little bit, but at the same time it's an investment in the shop. So that's it'll be it'll be an expensive video for me because I got to buy a lot of wood to build out the shop area. But the bigger concept is I look at the whole channel as a whole. And how much I've earned versus how much I've spent on you know the last 25, 30 videos. And I try and keep that in mind as like a big overall. Mm-hmm. And that also comes from a mindset of like watching people on TV spend tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they get a vaguely similar result to what we all do. So if I do buy a big machine and it's going to be $1,000, I say, you know what? This will be the cost of that particular video it gets highlighted in and... But in the end, it washes out because there's been tens of tens of videos that cost me absolutely zero, and the return on investment has been tremendous. So I, I again, hmm. I, I look at the whole venture as as an investment, and my return on the the small investment I've made, yeah, collectively. Yeah. I think I kind of look at it the same way. Like I don't really pay attention so much to the cost of a particular project, but I look at kind of overall monthly, you know. Because now I'm paying my salary and Josh's salary and like, you know, workers comp and all this like crazier stuff. And so I I have that threshold of stuff that I have to take care of. And as long as my monthly income is covering that plus some profit that I can put into savings to put towards taxes and stuff later, as long as I've got that and I've still got money to spend on, you know, and I, I try to save like a couple of months of salary ahead of time. But once all that's there and I've still got money to spend on materials, then I know I'm okay. And as long as my outlook is that I have a couple of sponsorships coming up that can keep me in that same position, keep everything where it needs to be, then I don't really care so much about, you know, spending uh, on material costs and stuff. But I also, and I've said this before, like I'll also go, if I have to buy, you know, two sheets of plywood 
for that I, I know I need two sheets for this one thing, I'll buy four. So that the next time, not not necessarily every time, but the next time I randomly need a piece of plywood, you know, inspiration hits and I want to make something without having to go to the store, then I've got a little stock. So I kind of buy extra of just about everything, not everything, yeah, but I do that all the time. Yeah. Always. And so just that, that's just hard to budget in, right? Cause you're just like buying this with the expectation that you'll use it in the future at some point. So you're not really, so you're kind of overspending in the beginning, but then underspending later on. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to, to budget. And so you really got to look at, you got to look at it yearly, especially if this is your job for several years at a time. It's, be, it's better to look at it yearly than, mm-hmm. cause you're always, there's always going to be that one job where you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe how much this is costing me and how much I'm not making money on. There's always going to be that one job, but to remain optimistic, you think, Oh, remember that time it cost me $50 and I made $10,000. So mm-hmm. it all comes to an even keel at the end of the year. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> if not, <laughs> yeah, well, obviously you if want not, to you stay. got a problem. Well, so far we're doing it right. In the plus, in the plus bracket. <laughs> but there have been so many jobs where I just, I, I just say, you know what? This, this is an education. That's what this one is. This is right. me going, this is my PhD right here. That's all this is. And you get out of it and you, take that person's phone number and you delete it from your phone because they think they got such a good deal they're going to call you back and go hey can we do that again <laughs> no. no don't delete it you rename it to don't answer <laughs> don't, yeah. or something there like you that go. you don't get suckered back into it in the future Jimmy yeah. you, we both know all three of us know that Jimmy does not have a contacts list on his phone it's written on a piece of paper somewhere <laughs> or on his arm <laughs> on his arm yeah. every person he's ever met Oh, you know, want to hear something of. funny? Well, I talked months ago. I talked about on the podcast where how like I, I have a hard time saving numbers, so I just save. So when you look through my text messages, it's just like nine one eight six eight four four, and I'm like, who is this? And then I remember the face to those first three numbers, and holy <laughs> <laughs> man! <laughs> and when someone says, "Man, that was awesome," I like scroll all the way up, and I'm like, "Hey, it's Zach," and I'm like, "Oh, cool." And I Zach, I'm like, yeah, Zach, what's going on? And <laughs> So after that podcast and now after this one, I'm going to have 10 people text me, hey, remember to save me. My name is Josh or whoever, you know? <laughs> you give Bob it so much anxiety. You. Oh, man. Seriously, I'm like, dude. And then, and, then I, and then like I do screen grabs and say, you've been saved. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So it was funny because a couple weeks ago I talked about Joe, uh, which I didn't remember his name at the time, the guy that I met at the Target yeah. that oh, sent yeah. me the email and I didn't respond to him. And then I finally responded to him. So then he sends an email to me. Let me see if I can find it. That was um, and <laughs> he copied Jimmy on it. He said, Jimmy, I've included you so that you can screen grab this and send it over to Bob <laughs> later. And so I get an email from both of them with a picture of the email with Jimmy's answer this written over top of it <laughs> sent to me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it amazing. took me a second to process when that came in. I'm like, wait a minute. What did I miss? I'm missing something here. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, this is the conversation we had. It's the target guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well funny. played, Joe. That was, that and was Jimmy. very funny. That was very funny. If you don't know what we're talking about, just skip it. <laughs> it's not, not really that big of a deal. So you were on a brainstorm. I do. I do. I do. Uh, so I have, um, I have a couple of projects coming up. And right now, they're normal projects. And I want to see if we can um, make them extraordinary or something special hmm. or, or different. And I thought uh, if we all brought a project or two to the table, we could take turns brainstorming. So my first project is uh, uh, some sort of dog feeder, dog station where the dogs eat. I have an obligation to uh, a dog food sponsor. It's this company that we really love. And so um, when they approached me, I said, yeah. Uh, how about a, a dog feeding station? And they were like, excellent. And then I'm like, crap, that sounds really boring. What can I do to make this extra? Um, something special, something maybe that's different. You know? hmm. And I, my first thought was, I wonder if like it stores the food. There's not a lot of room because it's in this little entryway. So it can't be huge. But if uh, And wiener dogs are small. And, um, like if it stored some food and maybe there was a crank that I would turn and the perfect amount of food, like one third of a cup falls into the dish. That's, that's where I'm starting with. Hmm. And I don't have to maybe bend over to pour the food because it's 
kind of shoots up. I don't know. That's that's where I'm starting with. So interrupt me if you have any kind of thoughts or ideas or questions and where we could take this. Uh, what is the build going to be exactly? Like how a wood or just mostly wood or a combination? I would say wood. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know what? Uh, do you know what an Archimedes screw is? It just is just something I thought of when I think about supplying stuff. Is the first thing that popped into mind. An yeah. Archimedes screw is basically a big. It's it's a lot. You see it in farm equipment a lot. It's a big auger. Do you ever see the things that guys dig a hole with the in the ground with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like imagine that big flanged auger. Yeah. Imagine that. You know, say obviously you make it two inches in diameter and it's twelve inches long or maybe longer, and you mm-hmm. have the big supply of food in one section and then the dish in the other, mm-hmm. and then when you want to feed the dogs, you just crank the crank a couple times. Yeah. And the auger's all full. It's like uh, you know, you see, it's obviously it's a, it's a delivery system people use a lot. The original Archimedes screw was to bring water from below up. Because if you crank it, you're literally filling pockets mm. of water inside of the screw, and it goes up and out the other side. But the, if you use that to basically a feeder screw is what it is. Yeah, that's uh, I I like that. Um, and you could make that on a table saw. I was, well, that, that was going to be screw. my next question because in my head I was thinking like, okay, there's a you turn a crank and like some sort of shovel scoops the right amount of food, but this makes a lot more sense, and you can actually control how much is is coming out, but I cannot picture how to even begin to make this on the table saw. Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you a quick start. Because when I was a kid, I used to experiment with this a lot. If you take a a table saw blade and you put a fence in front of it, say like a, a sled, mm-hmm. you, know, you have that fence for the sled so you can cross cut across the blade. Now imagine you put the, a fixed fence in front of it. So you push the table saw sled you know, into the blade and stop. Now imagine that's at like a five degree angle. Okay. And you rotate a dowel into the blade, it will begin to corkscrew. It'll it'll keep that As track. You, <clears throat> it'll corkscrew, yeah. And then if you if you're going to yeah. make it bigger, I have some ideas. You know, you ever see? I think Kyle does it a lot. Kyle Tove, yeah, the and cove. Thing. You do the cove thing. There might be a way to do a cove version of that, so you have a big scoop. Or there might be a way to 3D print that section and include it into the woodworking thing. You could 3D print like. You could 3D print that auger or a section of it and repeat it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You could make each a piece of that flange basically is a disc with a hole in it with a slice in it. So, like, imagine a big flat, they call them a fender washer. Yeah. It's a big round two-inch washer with a little tiny hole in the middle. If you cut out of that hole out to the center and gave it a twist <laughs> yeah. and then did that to 10 of them yeah. and then you welded them together, you would end up with an auger on, on a threaded rod. So that's a simple way to make them out of metal, of course. But you could do that same thing with thin wood, cardboard, or and then you begin to make a corkscrew. Or you can get that tool that goes into a potato and just crank it, and then it comes out like one big... Oh, he, And then spring. preserve it in resin. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that, that, that actually is a great video idea right there. Like four ways to make this... What What, what is it called again? An auger. An auger, an auger basically. Yeah. It's, like, it's, okay. like a big, it's like a big giant deep flange screw. Is really weird. Yeah. And then you're using the grooves between them to move material. Uh, there's other ways that you could do a conveyor belt, or you could do like, you can, if you want to get like uh, Wallace and Gromit on it, you could have like a this, like a thing that like scoops in, goes up onto a conveyor belt, and goes down, hits a chute, <laughs> sloops down, rings a bell, and then the dogs know it's time to eat. So, so. I did a I did a, a silly snack machine a long time this, ago, yeah. and it was basically this same idea. And I used that that kind of screw, and it totally works. But you have to the way that it works with moving material is it has to be enclosed in a space, so you right. have to have a tube sleeve yeah. over it. Yeah. yeah, sleeve over it, so that it's coming in from one area being scooped in from a side. Because if you just have the material, the food on top of it, it weighs too much to turn the auger, unless you have a really powerful motor, I guess. So that would be something, if you decide to do that, make sure it's enclosed in a sleeve. Does it have to be in a round enclosure, or could it be in a square enclosure? I think you would want it to be round, because if it has those corners, food can get caught in that yeah. cornered area, yeah. you know. It depends on the, like the morsels. It, it kind of depends on the morsels of the food, obviously, and how much space. If like three or four morsels won't get jammed in that space, then you might be okay. You could imagine moving sand through it would be much easier. But if you put like you know, cocoa right. puffs, it would be harder. So it depends on the size of those morsels. And uh, I actually, I, I, you, it would be interesting if you put that round auger through like a, a clear plastic square. Well, that's what the, it was. I, I, wonder, I mean, I wonder if it would work. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it all depends on the size of the morsels because Bob's right, it'll get trapped if, yeah. if it is like an odd shape. 
So my thought was I would it'd be cool if you could see the movement. So maybe I could take a PVC pipe but like slice one part of it open and then put some clear acrylic over that so you could see the the movement mm. and maybe that clear yeah. part is like a, a a hinge door that you can open up and clean because i could i would imagine it would get dusty and and would look yeah. nasty uh, after a while you can get a clear acrylic tube online i used to go buy oh. them right in the city but now you can get them online there's like places huh. and you can just get like a two inch clear tube that's say 30 inches long and then make it as long as you want ultimately that sounds and expensive. i mean if you wanted to you could 3d print the auger Part to fit in a specific size tube. Oh, yeah. that's true too. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of like the idea of three D printing it. Really, yeah. Put this yeah. thing to use. Another option for the mechanism might be something. If you look at like a in a hotel lobby, the food, the cereal dispensers that are there, they have some of them use that mechanism, but some of them use a circle with that's split into triangles, and so every other triangle is solid, and so as you're turning one. Over the opening, it fills up, mm-hmm. and then as you turn it to the next segment, it covers the the main bin. It dumps you know. out whatever comes out of the other side. Yeah. So by the time you turn it two segments, you're dumping out of the bottom, and it's filling up the top or yeah. something like that. So that might be a, a simpler one. Like you could pull that off in wood a little bit easier than you could the screw over the table saw thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the he- a lot of the health food stores have that because they buy like flaxseed oh, yeah. and all that other yep. stuff in bulk. And me and Taylor go to every health food store between here and California on our road trips, and every one of them has that device. It's either a turn or or something that will, or the ones you ever see the ones where it's just a big handle and it's just like a big clunk and it lets out a determined amount and you close it again, and it puts like a hmm. a shoot into you put a bag under it. Don't be the guy that pulls it with no bag because then all of a sudden <laughs> you're picking up raisins all over the aisle. <laughs> So the other thing that came to mind when you said dog food stuff is like one of the big problems we've always had, we've had labs and a pit mix. And so they are kind of fast, sloppy eaters, you know, and water is always an issue. It just, no matter what kind of container I put it in, it gets like thrown out and whatever. And so there's always just tons of water on the floor around where our dogs eat. And so whatever wood you make it out of or whatever surface the water is held in, you know, maybe you could come up with a way to contain that water or absorb it or hmm. i wonder if uh um if there's a a uh a molding project there like make a some sort of like silicon mm. mat that that can catch that too yeah or a drain you know i mean maybe it's even as simple as mm. you put it over like a slatted wood surface and then put some sort of i, I don't know Something below it, like yeah. a pan that you can't see that has some gravel in it or something to let it drain, like the bottom of a plant, some sort of a drain to let it evaporate, but not beyond the surface where the dogs are going to be or not be visible. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All excellent ideas. All right. Is there, um, have you seen, uh, like, uh, we had at one time a little water dispenser. So it's like a little dish, and then it's got mm-hmm. the, the water container up top. And then when the water gets to a certain level, it, bloop, bloop, you know, adds a little bit more to the dish. Do you know if there's any issue with physics to make this bigger? So it was a lot taller. So I'm adding water to a large bin that could be like four feet tall. It's funny. It works in the chicken thing, and I don't. I was just thinking of it this weekend. You put a ton of water in it, and it goes all the way up past where it is dispensed. And yeah. I don't know, understand what keeps it from going completely out. You think it wants to equalize, but chicken chicken water feeders do that. You could okay. put like three gallons in it, for that. and there's only like a one inch little tray at the bottom where the water stays there. Mm-hmm. I, I my mind wants to say it's just going to equalize and pour out. I don't understand why that works. <laughs> But there's got to be some limit to it, but I can't exactly figure out. I can't think of why that would be. I mean, the atmospheric pressure on top of an open container is what would pour it, push it down out the bottom. But in a closed container, if it's sealed, you don't have that. But there's still got to be some sort of a. There's something there. Slow there's, vacuum. There's some physics person will tell us exactly why. I'll tell you what, the, the chicken <laughs> thing does have to have a top on it. So you right. pour yes. water in it, yes. then you put a top on it. So I think. I think it, it doesn't move unless it gets air to replace it. Right, right. Because, yeah, for it to yeah. come out, air has to get in there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, maybe that's how it works. I just answered my own question. Never mind. Save all the emails, please. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but I think, uh, but yeah, 
I'm wondering if there's a limit on how big that can be. It's like when, you know, an ant is a very efficient little insect, but you can't have a 20 foot ant because it would collapse on itself. Like there's a, there's a limit. There probably is, but unfortunately I don't know. Gotcha. You can answer, uh, send your answers though to physics at jimmyderesta.com. <laughs> you could have a slow drip. You could have a slow drip that just like, you know, feeds like an IV. And there'll always be a little bit of water in there, you know, but you got to kind of maintain the dog's beha- habits with the drip. So there's also the, the hamster bottle with a little metal ball in <laughs> it. Ball, yeah. yeah. Do yeah. dogs drink out of those? I Some don't. do, yeah. Small dogs do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. The, uh, puppies would. That's you know what they're, they're trained to do in the beginning. Hmm. Oh, yeah. But I, I did that see that, sense. yeah. Hmm. But the, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. Actually, searching for chicken water feeder, there's a, there's a, a ton of great ideas just in the Google image search. So that kind of throws me in the right direction as well. People just cool. making them out of water bottles. Yeah. Huh. Well, cool. So that would you hide that in in the container somehow, or would you? make that like a visible feature i think that needs to be visible because you want to see how much water is in there at all times right yeah you know it'd be funny if uh again more wallace and gromit style like if the dogs walk up and step on the plate and then it starts the arduino (laughs) raspberry pie (laughs) rube goldberg and it starts a little motor and it turns the crank enough to disperse a little bit of food the problem with that is um my dog will eat itself to death there is no <laughs> doubt he would eat himself to death. He's on a very well. That, that's all. It's all in the programming. Oh. then you write a pro. Uh, you write a code that says he can only step on it once every two hours. Or- oh, that's and it sends you an email every time, so you can keep track of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll take a picture and send you. Your dog just ate, so don't let him eat again. That's it's gonna. Uh, that's yeah. There's a camera built into it, so if, if I'm away, it'll send me a photo of my dog eating. Yeah, that sounds simple. Yeah, <laughs> get, get get to work. What are you What are you waiting on? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you need on that one? I think is that's, that that's, does that. That's we'll good. That gets me in the in the right direction. Gets, uh, I mean, does that make it interesting enough? Like you know, you said it needs to be interesting, but I think it what does. Type of interesting. I think you, you yeah. know what makes a video successful is how shareable it is, and so if it has this auger in there. Um, I think that that has a shareability. What there's there's like two successes for every project. There's the success of the actual thing that I get to use or do something with, and then the the video. And they're two different. One could be successful, and the other part of it could be a complete flop. So, yeah, this is yeah. this is interesting. Hmm. Oh, one one more thing. I asked about you know whether you wanted to see it. Being able to see the water level is a really good idea, and of course you need that. But you could also if you hid that in a container just to make it look nicer, you could always leave a little slot right up against the water bottle so you can see the water line, mm-hmm. you know, so you have like a, a, a meter almost Yeah. Um, if you did want to hide it. You could still check that. You know what I saw? Uh, in, uh, if you guys follow old motorcycle uh, customizers, and like if you get a chopper and you get rid of all your instruments and you just have a speedometer and a tachometer or nothing at all, how do you know how much gas is in your gas tank? And what these old-timey choppers would do is they would put a spigot low down on the gas tank and one high on the gas tank and connect it with a glass tube. So it basically takes a little window outside of the gas tank and shows you how where your level is. I, when I huh. saw it, I thought that was the coolest thing I ever saw. That so cool. that would be an interesting thing to see on the side. So if let's say you just take any opaque water tank, it could be stainless or whatever, you put a, a spigot at the top and a, and a spigot at the bottom, two elbows, and you connect those elbows with a glass tube. Yeah. And then whatever water levels in it will be plainly visible inside that glass tube. Yeah, because that will equalize. Huh. huh. That's cool. I wish I had that on the side of my pickup truck. <laughs> Do it. There's a project for, <laughs> cool. for you. Um, cool. Well, do you have another another problem you need solved um brainstormed that, that was the main one because that's that's a video that's coming up up real soon i um before i had a i gave you a second project i wanted to see if you guys had any upcoming projects so i've got one that's kind of i don't know i was supposed to do it this week and i'm not really feeling it so I'm, i came up with something else it's more fun but i have drop ceiling in this uh in my office and I just put in my 3d printing workstation kind of thing over there and I want to do an overhead camera rig 
And so I found online they sell these little um, like mounts mm. for the track on the ceiling, and it, it's a little scissor, and it's got a pivot point in the middle and kind of hooks on the opposing sides. So you put it around the track, and then you spin the pieces, and it locks onto the track, right? And so I wanted to do that. Uh, and there's a bunch of different types of those. Some are stronger than others. Some made to hold different weights and all that. So the one that I found that was for camera mounts or, or projector mounts were that scissor. So they locked in from both sides a hook on both sides in two places. So it's fully wrapped around the thing. And then a quarter 20 screw comes down from that, and then you can hook camera or whatever. So that's the main goal is to be able to do that. I figured out how to bend the metal at the right angle to get it to, to wrap around the track. Um, so you're going to mimic that thing you saw? Yeah, I mean, so far, it's just mimicking the one that's commercially available. So I was trying to think of, like, how can that be, as a project or as a thing, how can it be more useful than, like, single use? You know, is it showing multiple ways to do that same thing? Is it showing different types of attachments for it? I, I don't know. Like, that's just where I'm starting, and it just kind of feels me. The simple way is just to, you could weld the quarter 20 bolt on a vice grip, and then you could just put that vice grip anywhere and then also use it for what you want. So you could have that vice grip grab the pipe. But it's, it gets a little sloppy because if you grab the same spot in the pipe all the time, it's going to get a little chewed up. Well, it's not a pipe. It's a flat bar. It's oh, a, yeah. And you yeah. Can, flat yeah, then you could, you could still do that. But, uh, you know, what I've done, too, in the past is I've just taken a squeeze clamp and hot glued a GoPro mount on it. Hmm. You know, and you could put a you could put a take a squeeze clamp, just a regular squeeze like the two dollar squeeze clamp from Home Depot. This really isn't giving you a, a very fruitful video. And just get a quarter twenty <laughs> bolt nut for bolt, nothing, Jimmy. <laughs> and a quarter twenty nut and bolt and washer, and just have it stick out of one of the holes because those always have a little hole for hanging. And there you have a mount. You know, from there you got to kind of finagle it so it points in the direction you want. Yeah, and you could just take a squeeze clamp and put a bolt sticking straight off of one corner on the back of it. Yeah, I mean, I think getting a workable solution is not the problem. It's more yeah. how do I turn it into something that's that shows more options or is more useful or, you yeah. know, I'm not sure yeah. what that is. And also, uh, I mean, it needs to hold the weight of a, like a GoPro is one thing, but holding the weight centered. Digital of, SLR? Of, yeah, of a bigger camera. Because yeah. it, it needs to be directly below the mount. Because if it's off to one side, like it would be on a squeeze clamp, then it's going to be, yeah. you know, all the weight's going to be. Pulling the weight weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hmm. So is, I don't know. I'm. Go ahead. As, as, <clears throat> can that support a lot of weight? The. Yeah. Yeah. It can. Quite a bit, actually. Okay. Because mm -hmm. the those tracks are tied directly to the joist above. Well, there's in one direction they're tied to the joist. The other direction they're setting in between the tracks. So as long as you, and and the span is never more than two feet. So okay. as long as you clamp on one of the. You know, if you're going to do a lot of weight, as long as you put it on one of the stronger ones, mm -hmm. um, and you can do a fair amount of weight, I would think, on the cross members even still. Because they are like a T-shape. Yeah. So they're flat on the bottom, but on the have top you, they do have you a know that? Do you know they make hooks that grab those? You must have seen those. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. So if you grab a couple of those hooks and then kind of spread it across, or... I yeah, mean, yeah, it, yeah. Also, the other thing would be to just take like a gas pipe and just span it from one side of the room to the other. Mm -hmm. And eliminate, you know, get rid of using the ceiling. And then you have a gas pipe and you could use some real, you could use some real, uh, you know, production clamps on it. You ever see the... Or, or you could yeah. the wheels. Two of these with the big knob. The wheels that roll <coughs> on the gas pipe. So you could have a Ooh, track shot. Oh, you have an right. Well, okay. So here's where I was Fly headed. A drone one, of the, in there. Yeah. one of the directions I was going with it was to make two of these things and put a, um, like an 80-20 uh, extrusion between them and then be able to... Like if you did a gas pipe or something across, you have to mount it in one right. direction. But if you had two of these mounts that you could hang on on this grid anywhere, and you connect them with some sort of a a pipe or extrusion or something, then you can set up a a moving shot from any point to any point in the room. And so I could put you know the end over over top of my workstation, the other end at the other end of the room, and have the camera move in to me while I'm working or mm -hmm. move across the bench, you know, or something like that. So I was trying to make it clippable so I could just lock it up into place and make it either a single mount or it could be two of them with a track in between. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's enough for a video. I don't know. But it just felt a little like, 
here's a thing I could buy for 20 bucks on Amazon. I should just make my own. You know, like, yeah. eh. I like the idea. If you if you make sort of a, the, what they have, if you make a, an, a roving camera above that, that's a, that would be a, a great video and a, and a good lot of problem solving there. Like I said, if you got a couple of, I use gas pipe as an example, but if you're going to have rolling wheels on a gas pipe, is bumpy. You get a smooth pipe that goes from one side of the room to the other, or two smooth pipes, and you make a rig that sits on top of them with roller skate mm-hmm. wheels, and you have it go across the room. That would be cool. And then you could you could have U joints, uh, U brackets at each side, so you could literally just take the whole rig and get rid of it. So the only thing yeah. left would be what's left on the wall. Hmm. Just a thought. But that would be cool. You could 3D print up some stuff and yeah. put some wheels on it and then have your camera hanging below it. And then that would take a lot of weight if you use like a two-inch pipe. Yeah. So you have no droop or drag. Yeah. And, you know, I I, I moved into this old apartment. I felt like Mr. Sixlaplex years ago. I, I was in this crazy old apartment on 4th Street in New York City. <laughs> say, say that again. Mr. Sixlaplex. It was a, this old apartment. It was like pre-war. I love it. And Dave Weldon knows this apartment well. He helped. It was when Dave and I first started hanging out. He helped me move into it. It was too. So I'll go back a little bit. And this is all to explain my where I hang my clothes. I I got <laughs> evicted from one apartment. It was like a technical legal issue, and my my we got bought out. My lawyer said they're going to buy you out just to avoid any. So I was like, I'll, I'll do it. So I went to my other friend. I'm like, I need an apartment immediately. And she said, We just acquired this building. It's going to get renovated, but I need somebody in there to watch it while, so would you be interested? So I was like one of like four tenants in a building that had 20 empty apartments. And I was like her eyes and ears for the apartments and the place wouldn't end up getting squatted or anything. And I had two apartments at the end of the main hallway that were connected. This is the apartment I talked about that was full of roaches. And But one of the sides of the apartment hadn't been lived in in like since the 70s. So when, when I opened the door, there was like pigeons. I had to shoo the pigeons out. We cleaned it all up. We vacuumed up all the poop. And the walls had huge holes in it, like plaster holes everywhere. And so that was my bedroom. And every night I'd lay and look up and hope the plaster wouldn't fall on me. But it was this crazy <laughs> pre-war apartment. And like it was like you fake it now. Like you fake that look. But that's the look I had where there's like lath showing through empty holes in the plaster. Funny. And anyway... In that apartment, I got a two-inch gas pipe that was like 12 or 13 feet long, and it went from one side of the wall all the way to the other, and that was my closet. So in my apartment, from one side of my bed all the way across the room was my apartment, I mean, was my clothes. So all the clothes that went on hangers, jackets, and stuff were either pushed all the way to one side or the other, and I had like eight feet of room to be able to look through my closet, Paul. How many of us have a par- like now? I don't have that. Hmm. I have a closet that's jam packed with stuff that I can't even move. I have to like pull out seven jackets to look at one. So at the time, it made life really easy to have that big long pole. But that's why I understand the integrity, or I have experience with the integrity of like a two inch pole that goes about ten or twelve feet. Because I also hung like you know two hundred pounds worth of clothes on it at the time. So sounds like you just need to get rid of some jackets. <laughs> I did actually. We just Taylor's been selling. All, I came in the other day and all my Carhartt stuff was. I'm looking at it right now. There's like five Carhartt jackets. Taylor sold all my Carhartt on eBay. Wow, all of it. She's like, you never wear any of this stuff anymore. We're getting rid of it. So, huh. I'm, I am not sponsored by Carhartt. I <laughs> think you should have signed it. You probably could have gotten more money for it. <laughs> <laughs> they all went on her secret Instagram cha- uh, YouTube channel, uh, eBay channel. <laughs> oh, one on her eBay channel. Insta YouTube eBay. <laughs> I watch all his videos on YouTube. Oh, uh, me! I told you guys. Me and Dave met this guy, and and the guy did research on me. I bought something from him on Craigslist, and when I turned my back, he said to Dave, "He goes, I watch all his videos on eBay, man. He really knows what he's doing." But he said, the guy said to Dave Welder, he, "I watch all his videos on eBay." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was my idea. I have I have a little uh, vexing problem. It's not it's not complicated. I just need subjects, and maybe we could bring some up some subjects. So I have a sponsored video coming up, and uh, they gave me this idea, which I personally didn't like. But I figured I, I said to my agent, I go, this idea is is not a great one, but I'll, I'll make it work. I'll I'll manipulate it to to my own my own vision. And he said, good. That's what you're supposed to do. And <laughs> I got to make things. Now, this is my version of the idea. I want to make a whole bunch of things. It's a video kind of like, remember the bottle cap video I did years ago where I did 10 bottle caps out of 10 tools, bottle cap openers? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a video like that where yeah. I'm going to take I'm gonna take thin rod, either quarter inch 
square or quarter inch round and I'm going to make, I'm just going to use that. So imagine I'm using that like neon mm. and I'm going to make a phone holder. So it's just one long bent up thing. I'm going to make a thing that holds a bowl and it's going to be one long bent up thing. I'm going to write my name. It's going to be like neon, one long bent up thing. So I have about seven different things. You know, we're going to hold an iPhone. We're going to have like a little bin, a pencil holder. So I need things. I need ideas for things that are going to be that need holding or a book. need rigging. A cookbook. Like a at, book. At the, at the oh my God. kitchen sink. Good idea. Cookbook. Cookbook. Hold on. I can't write it down fast enough. Cookbook. Good idea. So that, 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 that's a good one. Anything else? Is that it? We're done? <laughs> yep. There you go. See you next week. Um, what about, like, uh, is there any sort of, like, GoPro-type uh, mount or stand or... I just, I just while we were talking, I came up with an idea. I'm going to make a stand that's, like, 30 inches high that holds a, a, a television, a television remote control. Oh. So it's, it's just, like, oh. by the couch. Like, where's the remote control? It's on this little stand. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I mean, not, not all this is, like, real-life stuff. It's kind of... Want to demonstrate the tool? I'll be I'll be advertising. Um, can so, uh, can you make drawer poles? I didn't I actually left camera rig out, but I'm going to write camera rig. What's that? Drawer poles. Ooh, drawer poles is a good idea. Hmm. Cool. There is a theme. I got to kind of. I don't want to give it away too much, but there is a theme. I got to kind of stay within this theme that they thought of, which I don't like. But well, you can tell us, and we can bleep it out so nobody knows it. Ooh. But the three. Um, they uh, well, what was yesterday? Super Bowl. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just raising my eyebrows. They uh, want it to the be kind of like eyebrows. The no? theme is like sports game. We could say that out loud. I don't care. It doesn't really matter. So the theme is like sports game and like the activities around watching sports. Ah, okay. Uh, I think you don't have to bleep that. You can leave that in. Okay. Um. But okay. I like the idea of a cookbook because it doesn't. It could be a magazine or it could be. Mm-hmm. You know, making food for the big game. Food for the big game. <laughs> By the way, hmm. I didn't get my phone call this morning from my father, so that means I did not win my Super Bowl box. Bummer. Su- Super. That's Bowl the big box? ritual. Every every year for like the last twenty years, the day after, I never watch the Super Bowl. I could care less about sports. Sorry, write all your letters to Bob. <laughs> <laughs> But the day after the Super Bowl, for like 20 years, I buy a box with my dad and somewhere on Long Island, and we buy a box, and that box could potentially garnish tens of thousands of dollars. There was one year where we won. I think it's a, dad, it, it's, it's a you're, you're buying a, a grid on a piece of paper. What, it depends on right. what the score is oh, at the end of the okay. quarter, yeah. I believe. That makes it's like it is, it's gambling. It's technically gambling. Everybody does it. Every little group and every little office does it. And you buy a box on the grid. It's a certain amount of money. And then all that money goes into a pool, and then it gets divvied up. And the person who hosts that, that game gets to keep some of the money. But this is a, a thing where every box is cost, I think, each box costs. I, I forget. I'm, I'm. I totally. I'm a piece of a piece of a box, so I don't know how much the actual thing is. They're like ten or fifteen thousand dollars per box. Ooh, wow! So the payout is like a hundred and something thousand dollars cash. So we're a piece of a piece of a box. So the box that we've had for twenty years, I'm a piece of. So one year, my my cut was fifteen thousand wow. dollars, and that was the only year we won. So. Like I said, I'm a small piece of a box. So it's like we all put money in to build up to that full number, and then that number goes to the the person in charge of that game. And uh, am I talking about illegal gambling? I think you are. All right, bleep this out. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> Everybody plays these grid games. Actually, we actually we, we play for pretzels. We don't play for real money. Yeah. So I got fifty. Yeah. Oh, 15, by 000. dollars you mean pretzels? I yeah, fifteen thousand pretzels. So anyway, so. The ritual is every uh, every Monday morning after Super Bowl, I always expect to get a phone call from my dad. And if he doesn't call me either the night of the game or the next day, I assume we didn't win. No pretzels. No pretzels for you. No, so I didn't, no, no pretzels for me. Yeah. So anyway, that's been my 20-year association with sports. And I actually won one year. That was it. So that was nice. Hmm. Huh. If, uh, you know what I bought with that money? I mean, I paid a couple bills with it, actually. But the first thing I bought with that was that bandsaw. My my oh. My... Steel cutting bandsaw. So I've had you, that bandsaw for about eight, nine years. That's been you bought a bandsaw day. with pretzels. That's 
Amazing. <laughs> I've never heard of that. It's a. Uh, it's I'm, try- uh, I'm trying to save you from jail. <laughs> it's like, a, do you remember the one red paperclip thing that happened like 10 years ago? The guy, oh, he, yeah. he took the red paperclip and he traded up and he got, I would have forget what it was. And then he, he got, got a house. Yeah. He ended up with a house. Right? He ended up, he, Wait, tra- he started with a one red paperclip and had this website, like oneredpaperclip.com. I could be wrong there. And then he traded that with somebody to, to something else. So something a little bit bigger. So let's say it was like a keychain or whatever. And then just kept trading up and up and up and up until he got a house. I don't understand I'm how it works. I'm going to put a link to that. It's, it's really cool. I'll have to find the actual video for it. Uh, the guy's name is Kyle McDonald. It's pretty fascinating, though. So... Uh, going back to the sports thing, uh, we did watch the Super Super Bowl yesterday, and at the halftime show, Justin Timberlake performed, and um, I, I I really enjoy watching Justin Timberlake perform. He's a really good dancer, great singer, and just he seems like a cool, creative person. And during this halftime performance, he is he there's this microphone stand in front of him. And he's doing some weird things where he's kicking the stand over and kicking it back up and catching it. And it was like, that was really impressive. And then Kelly noticed that the bottom of the mic stand was hinged. And so when you push it over, it automatically returns to center. And so oh, wow. it was it was really cool. And I was like, that would be a, a fun, cool project if I could dance. The bass was fixed to the stage? Yeah. The bass was yep. fixed? Yep. And oh, so he never had any chance of like flipping out of his control. Right, right. But hmm. but he what he did with it was still pretty amazing, but it was just cool like to see like microphone stand technology. You know. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wonder if it was just cool. a crazy spring. Yeah. It's did like, it pop right back up or did it have like a no, no. down for a little bit before it came back? Uh, I would have to rewatch some of the video, but he because he's moving really fast and doing all these crazy dance moves and kicking it back up. But uh, so I don't think it was like super fast. I think it was just enough to make sure, you know, it would always hmm. return to center. Who was his special guest? Did he have somebody else come out with him? He um, there was a point in there. So the football game was in uh, Minnesota. And that's where Prince is from. So there was a point where they had this sheet come down from the top and they were projecting Prince singing. Yeah. And he sang a, a Prince song with um, hologram Prince. Oh, huh. wow. What song was it? Uh, Do I don't remember? recall, actually. He was too enamored with JT and yeah. his dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Cause the only reason I ask is because uh, you know, I'm a Howard Stern fan and they were talking about there was a bunch of people betting on whether. Janet Jackson would be there was like all these odds whether Janet Jackson was going to be on or whether he was going to sing Purple Rain or oh. so mm. anyway I haven't there was a whole different time. square game to figure out what he's going to sing <laughs> yeah <laughs> there is there's all kinds of you know they bet on the flip they bet on all kinds of stuff um, so we didn't really give you very many ideas so let's think of some more wire things um, so you said pencil holder and stuff right yep so pencil, uh, maybe game. in the kitchen, maybe like a because I know we have a a big jar kind of thing that holds like big spoons, kind of decorative oh, yeah. spoon type stuff. So maybe some big container for utensil, not just uh, you know pencils. I mean it's the same thing but larger, I guess. But well, or it could be it could have multiple shootouts of this spring like thing, and each utensil yeah, goes yeah. into its individual home. You Ooh. guys just you guys just that? gave me an idea for like a like a bunch of dip trays that all held together by wire. How about a like a spice tree? Like it's wire bent up into a little tree, but each one of the branches has some sort of a thing to hold a spice oh, yeah. container. Yeah, I mean that would be so, really complex. But <laughs> but hey, no, we're no, not I'm doing it. it. That's right. How about a car made out of wire <laughs> that can fly, and <laughs> we don't have to pull it off. <laughs> um, glasses. Or some uh, sort of yeah. attachment like for a tray? glasses. Tray? Well, no, I meant like eyeglasses. Oh, like, or safety glasses. glasses. Safety tray glasses. Device. Headphones for the big game. The big <laughs> headphones for the big game. Um, football tee. Football mm. football demo. That's nice. Like a tee. I remember as a kid, we used to have those like rubber tees you kick the football off of. Football mm-hmm. tee. But for signature for memorabilia. Oh, that's a good idea. All right, cool, man. 
this gets me past 10 because I told the uh, client I would put oh, yeah. try to put 10 good ones together. So this gives me about 15 to choose from. Cut back. The brainstorming's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. I, I like it. You should call it brain tornadoing. It sounds a little more <laughs> intense. More trademark that. <laughs> All right. We're at an hour. Do you want to do another one, David? No, we'll save that one. We'll save it. Oh. Okay. Well, I just give you guys a quick four one one. I'm um I don't know which one. Oh yeah, I'm holding my. So, over the weekend, I kind of had an epiphany. You guys saw this exacto knife I made inside of a sharpie, which I'm actually Watched using it this right morning. Now. Thank you. This and I'm making on. I'm trying to figure out an everyday carry version of this. So if I make a brass yoke that'll carry the blade, and this brass tube, I just used a bullet shelf for just a demo, but it really is just going to be something that's sculpted and looks a little bit more ergonomic, and. There's the marker, and this actually takes a you got to pull a sharpie apart. But I don't like this idea of having a yank a sharpie apart. So I have these more slimline sharpies. So I'm going to ultimately make it so that you just get this and just stick this particular slimline sharpie directly into it without having to dismantle oh, cool. the marker itself. So that's something I'm working on as far as brainstorming. And me and my buddy Kevin Lazat, who's a, a machinist, I'm going back and forth with him on some good technical details. Go ahead. Um, so I'm I'm worried about safety with the exacto knife of pulling the cap off. Is there? Can, yeah. can you have it so it screws off instead? Hundred percent. Yeah, because you're watching me yank it back yeah. and forth, and it's like pulling it apart. But no, definitely. I, I'm thinking about how because it's also safer. You don't want to have to rely on friction for it to stay closed, either in your shirt pocket or your pants pocket. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely. And then I'm also trying to think in terms of let's say I started making these myself or with the Tomac or something. So I'm trying to simplify. I'm trying to get to like the root of the simplest version, at least for now. And mm. then if I'm making them myself, obviously I, I would each batch would end up having a little bit more improvement as I go along. So this might be the next ice pick idea, perhaps. That's hmm. cool. Have you thought about doing that with an ice pick instead of a blade too? Like just a uh, not it's a long. Yeah, I got a couple. I, like a short <laughs> I got a couple of ideas. Even Will, Bill Lutz wrote me an email. A couple guys are working on that idea. And Lutz huh. is one who, who uh, sent me a picture of the one he's working on. Nice. But yeah, that's been a thought. And I'm also working on, I found a, a, a factory that could potentially do it. They're the guys that actually make my ice pick blades. They might they might make a, a, a little flip ice pick for, for keychain. So I'm working on that idea too. It's not, cool. it's not a, a new idea. Starrett makes one. There's a couple companies that make a... a, a a little tiny pick that slides into the handle. We're trying to make one in this in the similar simplistic style of my ice pick, so it's that same hexagon handle, and it would have my engraving on it. But you would unscrew it and flip it over, and there'd be a, a short ice pick. It'd all together be smaller for keychain. So we're working on that idea too. So Sweet. It's basically what Jocko made when he first got my ice pick. He, I think he basically did the same thing that that I'm talking about now. So Jocko's going to get royalties. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He'll get a free one. We got to thank our Patreon supporters. We do. Because we do. Because they're awesome. Um, we have a lot of people that are supporting us over there, and they all get the after show, which is cool. It's an extra little time of us talking. Um, at any level of support, we post that to a separate RSS feed that only Patreon supporters can get. So if you're a supporter and you're not listening to that, make sure you go there and get the feed and listen to it. Maybe but, uh, the other the other project idea that I had, maybe I'll talk about that in the Patreon version. Ooh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do that. Um, oh, cool. I want to thank everybody over there, especially our top supporters. That's Wise Old Dow, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Malton Make, Works by Solo, Michael Schubert, Dor Sharir, Chad from Mancrafting, and Make, Build, Modify. Um, but we're thankful for everybody that supports us over there um, in every way, every amount. It's awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, we've been watching. Did you guys see Tim oh. Sway's video of the guitar on the CNC? Yeah, it's awesome. I watched him. I saw him working on that when I visited him over the summer. He kind of had a little bit of that started, or at mm-hmm. least he talked about the concept with me. Yeah, so that's great. That, that's going to be my it's pick. Great. I know, um, I think he had a video about it earlier. Um, I don't. I can't recall. Maybe he just posted a Facebook video. But basically, he made a guitar that you can turn into a flying V or you can turn into a hollow body style look. Um, so basically, the the top and bottom of it slide off. Maybe some sort of like dovetail fit where it slides off. And then you can change the style of this guitar. It's pretty cool. And he does it on the CNC. I like seeing Tim work on the CNC. I, that, I, I really enjoy that. It's, it's just kind of a cool thing of... 
he does all this reclaimed stuff and uses all these old tools. And then there's this new technology in his shop where he's actually using it to reclaim old, old wood and turn it into useful cool yeah. things. That's a really cool project. I mean, uh, yeah, I saw him post, I haven't watched that video yet, but I saw him post pictures of it. Like as he was working on it, such a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And the final product, just from looking at the thumbnail of that video, it looks really nice. Yeah. Like he, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, he did a great job on it. Uh, so I'm looking at a, an Instagram channel, which I just realized. I only just found him yesterday. He has a YouTube channel as well, which I haven't looked at, but it's the same name, Joseph's Machines. He's an artist and inventor of useless machines. So this goes back to a lot of what we talked about today. So that's why I remembered him. And he has all kinds of crazy machines. He's a lot like uh, the 3D real version of, of uh, Wallace and Gromit. So he has all kinds of crazy stuff. A lot of Rube Goldberg type machines. His Instagram is kind of short, but he also has a, a YouTube channel. He has over 100,000 subs on his YouTube channel. So go check out Joseph's Machines. Awesome. Oh, um, I have three. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, next week you'll have really none. Good. Okay. Yeah, next week I'll have none. So I'm just packing it in now, and I get two weeks off. So the first is um, it's really just a song. But remember I've talked about in the past a band I really like called Mute Math, and their drummer, who's actually not their drummer anymore, he left the band, but he's like my favorite drummer of all time, Darren King. And so he's left that band, uh, and now he's going back to making music with his wife, who is, uh, she used to be the lead singer of Isley. You ever heard of Isley? Mm-mm. Band? No? Sounds like a Star Wars yeah. reference. Okay. I think it is. But... Uh, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, it's a family band. It was like her and her sister and two brothers, I think. Really good band from several years ago. Anyway, Darren and his wife, Stacy have gotten back to making music together. They put out an album a couple years ago. They just put out a new song called Inside, and um, it's a really cool song. It's a really cool video, and it's just good to see them making music together because they she has a beautiful voice. He's a crazy drummer, and they just have a really interesting kind of fusion the way that they work together so that's exciting i hope there's a new album coming from that uh the next thing is the show brooklyn 99 you ever heard of this show oh yeah i'd never seen it before and people keep telling me and my wife and i have burned through the first season in like i don't know two weeks or something it's such a funny show hmm. and there's like yeah, five seasons I've heard so we about have a lot to watch which is really cool um but it, it's surprisingly funny and consistently funny which i think is the surprising part so that's really cool. And the last thing is our buddy Joel Telling, who we've, we all know and we've talked about before. It goes by the 3D Printing Nerd. He announced a couple of days ago, I guess on Friday, that he was going full-time. And he's leaving his job at Adobe. He's a software engineer at Adobe. Left that job. And so today, while we're recording this, is like his first full work day <laughs> as a content creator. Congrats and I'm super excited yourself. for him. He, he's an awesome guy. Um, he's having a lot of success. And I just want to wish him the best. And you know, if you guys are at all interested in 3D printing, go check him out because he has videos about specific printers, about getting started, about fusion, about, you know, materials. He has all sorts of information. And when people ask me, like, how do I get started? He's one of the people I say, go watch Joel's stuff. If you need to figure out what printer is best for you, go watch Joel's stuff. So a few weeks ago, I put out the video of the hexagon wine rack made out of cherry he remade oh, yeah. that 3D printed, and it, it yeah. was super cool. So he, not only is it like a tutorial, but but he's also got some really creative stuff on there too. It's it's really good. So congrats, Joel. You're gonna you're you're killing it, and you're gonna continue to do so. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you guys got anything else? Ah, uh, that's it. After Thank show you. too. So. Oh yeah. After show, I'm going to save it for the after show. Okay, cool. Not really, something very important to say. I'm going to say. <laughs> Sounds like it. So convincing. <laughs> it's be All right. Thanks for listening, okay. everybody. Love you. Love you too.